0: Cup of Joe podcast on this Tuesday,
1: February the
0: 1st. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace and God's beauty and God's goodness again within, among, around you here today. My friends, for those who are listening for the first time, welcome. It is good to have you. My name is Joe Zank. I am a lay Catholic minister. I have... um, been a lay minister within the church, within the Catholic church, for 30 years. Just recently, about two and a half, three months ago, uh, set that aside. And uh, I am working now as a spiritual care chaplain in hospice. And I, what I do is every day, Monday through Friday, I break open the gospel. I read the gospel of the day. Most of the time, sometimes I read the first reading, but mostly it's the gospel. And then give a few thoughts on it. What I really invite you to do, my friends, is simply listen to the gospel. Listen as if you're listening for the first time. And uh, and if the Holy Spirit takes that word, takes your spirit, invites you to a new place, hey, praise God, the word has done what the word is intended to do. and uh, And really, that's the idea, is how do we get more into the word? How do we fall more in love with it, be less afraid of it? And, uh, and take these teachings of Jesus, this living examples of Jesus and uh, his disciples into our lives now. How do we wrestle with the word? Because we got to wrestle with it and help it make sense in our lives and in our world now. Because either scripture is pertinent to today or it's not. And brothers and sisters, I can think of well, I was going to say a few things. I can think of nothing more pertinent uh, in what our world is in need of today than God's presence. And one of the ways that God comes to us incarnate is through God's word. Okay. So yeah, let's get to it. Long gospel today. Long. You know, you thought yesterday's was long. (laughs) Well, this one's even longer. Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 to 43. So let's hop into it. We're going to take up in these two days, we're going to take up all of chapter 5. So let's finish out chapter 5 with this lengthy story that's got a bit of a tangent in the middle of it, which is a bit of a mystery. But uh, let's save that discussion for after, shall we? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him and he stayed close to the sea. One of the synagogue officials, named Jairus, came forward. Seeing him, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, saying, My daughter is at the point of death. Please, come lay your hands on her that she may get well and live. He went off with him, and a large crowd followed him. There was a woman afflicted with hemorrhages for twelve years. She had suffered greatly at the hands of many doctors, and had spent all that she had. Yet she was not helped, but only grew worse. She had heard about Jesus, and came up behind him in the crowd, and touched his cloak. She said, "'If I but touch his clothes, I shall be cured.' Immediately, her flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Jesus, aware at once that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and asked, Who has touched my clothes? But his disciples said, in, said to him, You see how the crowd is pressing upon you, and yet you ask, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. The woman realizing what had happened to her approached in fear and trembling she fell down before jesus and told him the whole truth he said to her daughter your faith has saved you go in peace and be cured of your affliction while he was still speaking people from the synagogue official's house arrived and said your daughter has died why trouble the teacher any longer Disregarding the message that was reported, Jesus said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid. Just have faith. He did not allow anyone to accompany him inside except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they arrived at the house of the synagogue official, Jesus caught sight of a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. So he went in and said to them, Why this commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep. And they ridiculed him. Then he put them all out. He took along the child's father and mother and those who were with him and entered the room where the child was. He took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, Little girl, I say to you, Arise the girl, a child of 12, arose immediately and walked around. At that, they were utterly astounded. He gave strict orders that no one should know of this, and he said that she should be given something to eat. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, you get a gospel this long, there's probably about 10 different ways I could go, maybe more than that, um, with what we talk about. But, but first I just want to say, so Mark wrote this again, isn't doing anything by accident. He's telling a story and then he goes off in a different direction to tell a different story about this woman with hemorrhages. And then he comes back. Now brothers and sisters, this is not a rhetorical question. I don't know why Mark does that. And maybe you do. And if you do, I would love to know. Because it's, I am certain, no coincidence, and you may have caught this, did you catch it? That the woman who is suffering, who has suffered the hemorrhages has suffered for 12 years. And that the age of the daughter is 12 years one of them the blood is ceasing to flow as she is dying and one the blood doesn't cease to flow and she is dying both are dealing with illnesses and both in a sense tell the same story don't they a story of desperation and a story of fear. And I think that's really in the 30,000 foot view of the story, I think that's where Jesus is pointing at us. You know, there's that wonderful reading in Isaiah 25. It's read at funerals sometimes. You know, it talks about on this mountain the Lord of hosts will provide a feast. A banquet for all peoples, you know, rich juicy food and, and choice wines and things. And, and ultimately it says, because the veil that veils all people, you know, will be will be taken up, and it will be no more. What is that veil that veils all people? What is it that we fear more than anything? And my argument, my friends, would not be public speaking even though that may be number one on the list. I think the thing that we fear more than anything is death. We fear it in our loved ones and the grief that follows, and we fear that. I think we fear it in ourselves, um, maybe for the pain uh, that, that will come with that, but I think the existential suffering Certainly, every bit as much, right? What follows? What does that mean? And I think both of these stories point in the same direction. They point to a place where, you know what? We're going to try every means necessary to to bring about healing and hope until we can't avoid it anymore and we fall on our knees in front of God. Both of them did, didn't they? Seeing Jesus, Jairus fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him saying, my daughter is at the point of death. Please come lay your hands on her that she may get well and live. The woman, realizing that the jig is up, approached Jesus in fear and trembling and fell down before Jesus and told him the whole truth. Daughter, your faith has saved you. I would argue that their faith, the faith of Jairus and the faith of the hemorrhaging woman, saved both. And at least, at least in a couple of ways. Brothers and sisters, I think this shows desperate times call for desperate measures. And both of these situations are desperate. Boy, if I could just touch his robe, if I could touch it, you know, I've been dealing with this for how long? If only I could touch his robe, I'm going to be okay. Oh, if only this man can come, my daughter who is 12, can stop dying and live. And they both fall at the feet. And uh, brothers and sisters, I honestly think when we have stopped chasing after every other remedy and every other hope and every other thing that gives us life that we may live because we think it's going to make us live or, or every other thing that we bestow upon our children uh, and, and we think that that will help them live, but it doesn't. When we realize that there's only one thing and when we've come to the end of those searches, come to the end of ourselves, come to, we've got no other hope that we fall on our feet before God. That God, that faith becomes our salvation because we see what we've been searching for the whole time. Right? We, we, we are in the midst of these storms of life, and we think we are about ready to crash on the shoals, and we, and we, in desperation, fall on our knees before our God and realize that's not the shoals. That's a harbor. And, and I would argue that the woman was doubly her faith saved her, not only because in desperation she was brought to Jesus. But in the midst of his searching and looking and saying, who did it? She had to come to a decision. She had to come to a decision. She could have just ducked out. She could have, right? The crowd was immense. She could have gone on her way. She knew the power that had already healed her. But she had to come to a decision, brothers and sisters, of if our God could be trusted. If I go before him with the truth, how will I be treated? And how was she treated? With dignity and respect. And not only that, with honor. Brothers and sisters, we don't need to hide the truth from God. He already knows. But we don't need to be afraid of him. And when we realize we do not need to be afraid of him, that our God will treat us with dignity and respect and honor and will honor the intents and the story with which drive us, I think we are saved. I think we know that it's no longer a fearful world. And that, yes, doesn't mean it's an easy world. Doesn't mean it's a grief-free world. But we no longer need to be afraid because the veil that veils us, the web that binds us is smashed, is taken away. Do you see it? Because that's, that's it. Brothers and sisters, we will all die. We will all die. But do we realize our God can be trusted? Our God is good. Do we realize... What this story tells us is right. I mean, when, when Jesus looks at the Jairus, at the, at after the synagogue officials have come and say, hey, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your, your, your daughter is dead. Jesus looks and says, do not be afraid. Just have faith. Do not be afraid of what? Of the death that your daughter experienced? Of the grief that you're thrown into? Yes and yes. Do not be afraid. Why? Because I'm stronger than both. If this story doesn't tell us, wait till the end. We know what happens on that Easter Sunday morning. Brothers and sisters, our God is strong enough in those places in our life that are dead and are dying and are hemorrhaging and we don't know how to stop it. Or our... our, no longer flow and the joy has left us and we are, are, are in a sense a walking dead that our God can bring us to life. Our God is stronger than both. We do not need to be afraid of this web that is woven over all of us. We do not need to be afraid of the truth because our desperation, brothers and sisters, And our honesty brings us to our knees in front of God. And it's there that we realize God can be trusted. And that he treats us with respect and dignity and honor. Let's pray. So my friends, we continue through the Sorrowful Mysteries today. Whatever's going on in your life, just know we don't need to hide it. We can bring it all to him, okay? And so let's begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The second sorrowful mystery, the scourging at the pillar. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. My friends, thanks for breaking open God's word with me today. Blessings on your Tuesday or whenever you listen to this, and God's peace. To you.